the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Good morning, everybody, and a glorious Easter morning to everyone. The Lord is still alive. He has risen from the dead, and He is still seated at the throne of power. So we will celebrate His resurrection, and we will come to worship Him. The title of the message this morning is Dwelling with God, the Hope of Easter. Our text is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, We are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then... We know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. Theodicy is a branch of theology that seeks to answer the question, if God is good and all-powerful, why does He allow evil, pain, and suffering to exist? Why does He allow this coronavirus to inflict so much damage on the population of this world? Well, God answers that question in His Word. The answer, of course, that God gave to that question of His power and goodness, permitting evil, the answer He gave is heaven. But wait a minute, Pastor. Heaven is a place where Christians believe they go after they die to be with God where there's no evil, no pain, and no suffering. But it certainly doesn't answer the question 
while we are dealing with our issues here on earth. Well, loved ones, that's a basic misconception that many Christians have in their view of heaven. Heaven is always viewed as a, as a future reality rather than a present day help and encouragement. People who look at heaven only from the standpoint of, of a future does not know what the resurrection of Jesus and his subsequent sending of the Holy Spirit means. Because Jesus rose from the dead and sent us the Holy Spirit, we are now able to dwell with God in our present reality. Right here, right now, today, in the midst of what we're going through. We think that the dwelling place of God is in heaven, but it really is here in our present, yours and mine. That's why so much crisis uh, happens to us in our faith. We think that heaven begins when we, when we get there. But in reality, the moment the Spirit of God indwells a believer, He is that deposit uh, that, 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 give us, that gives us the assurance deep within us that heaven is already a present-day reality. Now, eternal life doesn't begin when we die. It begins the moment Jesus comes into our lives. Heaven begins when Jesus dwells in the believer. What does it have to do with the, with the existing pain and suffering that we're experiencing right now? What does it have to do with the evil that's, that, that obviously exists in the world? What does it have to do with the coronavirus that we're struggling and dealing with? Well, it has to do with everything. If our view of what's happening on this earth is confined to this earth, then we will be earthly minded. But God called us to set our hearts on things above. Jesus himself suffered pain and evil in the hands of people. And God allowed it to happen. What made Jesus unquestioning of what he was going through while he was here on earth? Very simply, not only did he know where he came from, he knew where he was going and he knew that God was always with him. That same reality is true for each and every one of us. When we are confronted by pain and suffering and acts of evil, as believers, we do not question the fact that those things exist. We know that the dwelling place of God is within us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world says John, the beloved disciple. In the Bible, we, we know of the story of Lazarus, the, the, disciples, the, the disciple that Jesus loved in John chapter 11. When he got sick, Jesus didn't even visit him. Instead, he uh, waited a couple of days. And again, uh, as we know from the story, in John chapter 11, verse 14, Jesus said to those who were, who were uh, asking him about why he didn't go to Lazarus, he finally uh, told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Every Christian must always remember that the dwelling place of God is within us. Now, one day there will be a literal heaven. 
the literal heaven that will that will replace this existence but heaven can be experienced right here and right now why because we have the holy spirit that reminds us that that's where we're going pain and suffering and evil exists for the sole purpose of pointing us to heaven the purpose of the suffering and evil we have in this world is to point other people who don't know Jesus to the reality of heaven. And that is a reality for those who are indwelt by God's Spirit. We are the dwelling place of God while we are here in this earth. Our text reveals the truth, this truth very clearly. In three ways. First of all, we are made for continuous existence in God's presence. Now look at verses 1 to 6 again. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are here in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. You know, underline the word, uh, the, the, the phrase, meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed in our heavenly dwelling. Every sorrow, every pain, to a Christian, is not a groan of helplessness. It's not a groan of hopelessness. It's a groaning for heaven. There's a, a deep sense, a deep longing in the inside of us uh, uh, to, to, to anticipate and to desire our future home in heaven. We must develop that longing. My aunt Esther uh, Sonaris uh, was way into her 90s when she passed away. And the last few days of her life, uh, we got a chance to visit her in the hospital. And uh, she probably didn't recognize us and, um, because uh, she was really suffering through her, through her illness. Uh, but we can hear her voice clearly. She was trying to talk to her nurse, and she was saying the words, Calvary, Calvary. The nurse was a little bewildered. She did not know what she was saying. Uh, then, then Aunt Esther told her, this is my final cross. This is the last cross I have to bear. And then I will see Jesus face to face. She was right. She died just a few days later. Where did she get that confidence? Where did that courage come from in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that suffering? Well, it comes from knowing that God's dwelling place is with her. The presence of God is there in the midst of her suffering. You know, in our world today, uh, sad to say, in our nation, uh, we are slowly becoming even more of a, of a pro-death society. 
the evil of abortion is, is being protected at the expense of those babies that are being slaughtered every year. Uh, there are even legislations right now that will permit babies to be fully born and for the parents to make a decision whether they are going to keep the baby alive or to just terminate the life of that child. Try taking your elderly loved one to a hospital. And if, if, if she showed uh, or he showed uh, a tremendous amount of pain and suffering... Uh, the doctors will come and will ask you for her final directives as if there's no more hope, that, that, that there's no, uh, no more chance in the world that, 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 loved one will, that your loved one will live longer. And they're going to have you sign these pieces of paper that says, we will not resuscitate your loved one when, uh, when they get into this crisis mode. Why are we so focused on death? Because we're afraid of suffering. That's the only reason. But I just want you to know that if a person is a believer in Christ, God is with that person no matter what they're going through. Let God take the life. It's his to take. Listen, God doesn't always intervene in our situation, but it doesn't mean he's not present. It means he's pointing us to heaven. Sometimes it's good to see our frailties so we can say, even if this earthly tent, meaning our body we live in is destroyed, we can confidently say we have a building from God. But not only are we made to exist and continue to exist with God, secondly, we are molded for confident experiences of God's purposes. Look at verses 6 to 9. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it, our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Never believe for a second that God will not permit pain and suffering in our lives, as many people seem to think. In fact, nowadays, you, you hear a lot of Christians uh, saying, oh, don't talk about the bad things uh, when, when, when you're at church. Uh, don't talk about evil. We already know. We get it. We already know that there's evil and, and suffering in this world. When we, when we come uh, together, uh, don't talk about it, Pastor. Why? Why shouldn't we talk about it? Because it's better to, to talk about the joy and the blessing and the success that comes from being a child of God. You know, loved ones, I had been accused of being so heavenly minded that I am no earthly good. But you know what? Our goal is to be passionate for Jesus and by faith to please Him. That's our ultimate purpose. Regardless of what we're going through, regardless of the pain and suffering that really exists, we need to find a way to tell the world, to tell people, even to tell the devil 
that this earthly body will be destroyed. We expect it to be destroyed. We expect it to go through suffering. But we have a building from God. In the meantime, the Spirit of God indwells us and we are able to move forward to walk by faith and not by the things that we see. When there's trouble, it should point us to heaven. Well, Jesus certainly performed many wonders and miracles. When he was here, Pastor, when he was here on earth, he, he, he performed great wonders. Why shouldn't we expect the same thing from him today? Are you telling me that I have to go through trials and suffering while I'm here on earth? Can't Jesus give me a miracle when I need it to get me out of this trouble? Isn't that a part of what I should expect from him? I want to say this very clearly to everybody. I'm not an anti-miracle person. I believe that God is God and He can do anything and everything. I believe that He can perform great miracles if He wants to. But you know what? I think miracles doesn't draw us necessarily to God. But I think suffering is not only uh, uh, mandatory, but it's necessary. That's why we go through it. That's why we go through all of these things. Everything in this world is temporary. Nothing lasts except God's Word. Miracles are great, but they don't last forever. They only happen to serve God's purposes. No doubt you've heard of that, the story about that little boy who was given a very difficult puzzle to put together. It was an aerial photo of the Amazon jungle, all jumbled up. And this kid had to put it together. And to their amazement, he put the puzzle together in less than 10 minutes. They started calling him a whiz kid, a freak of nature, a genius. How'd you do it? They asked. The little boy said, I noticed that if I turned the pieces of the puzzle over, I saw what looked like an eye, a nose, some hair, and I realized that the back of the puzzle was that, was that of a face. So I just put them together. It was easy. That's the nature of the difficulties we face in life. To us, they look impossible to solve. To us, they look very difficult. But behind every trial, behind every struggle, behind every suffering, every single one of those things is designed to reveal to us the face of God. So when you go through times of pain and suffering and evil, remember that to a Christian, God is in control of it. And there's a last point. God's dwelling will be revealed as we manifest the concrete evidences of God's power in our life. Finally, look at verses 10 to 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. While we await our judgment, there are two judgments, by the way, that we are that that everyone will go through the judgment of the believers which is called the judgment seat of Christ 
where, he will be, where, where we will be judged and rewarded according to how we manifested God's power in our lives while we are here on earth. And the other judgment is the judgment for unbelievers. And it's called the great white throne judgment. Can I just take a moment to give you those, those verses in the Bible? Here is the, the judgment seat of Christ as recorded in scriptures. By the grace of the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as to escaping through the flames. Now that's the judgment of the believers according to scriptures. Now, the great white throne judgment reserved for those who refuse to believe in the Son of God says these words, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. We are the primary evidence that God not only exists, but He's powerful. That God manifests His power in us through the way we live right here on earth. Our citizenship is in heaven and we behave as if we are on our way there. Look at the verse again. Verse 11. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, so we try to persuade men. We are not only witnesses uh, to the resurrection of Jesus. We're not only witnesses to this life that Jesus has given us, but we are also evidences of that life and that power. I heard a pastor once said to me, we are just witnesses for Jesus. We really don't have to do anything except to believe in Him and let God save who, we, who will believe. And that's very true. But the problem is, the Bible says, we're not just witnesses. We are also evidences that God will use when He judges us and when he justice judges the rest of the believers that's why we're told to persuade other people that's why we are told to witness and show the gospel to other people god doesn't want to judge anyone to be condemned but he wants people to be saved and guess who's responsible for being a witness you and i and who is that evidence you got it you and I. Do people really care out there about who Jesus is? 
I don't think so. We've got to point them to Jesus. How? By showing our reverence for God by the way we manifest the Christian life in front of them. That's our true power. The only way heaven will be revealed to them is when they see a little bit of it in us. If you're listening to this, I want to let you know that Jesus died for your sins and he died so you can be restored to a relationship with God. We want you to be judged by God as a believer. We don't want you to be judged by God as an unbeliever. God placed the punishment that you and I deserve on the shoulders of his son Jesus to pay for the debt of sin that we owe him. Jesus died and rose again to ensure that we too who place our faith in him will rise again. He ascended to heaven and is seated in power. He also prepared a place for each and every person who believes in him. And he sent the Holy Spirit to help us through this life until he comes back again. And when Jesus comes back again, he's not going to come back as a little baby in a manger or a lowly carpenter. He's going to come back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. It's a church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life, but with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, located at 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. They would be honored if you decide to visit them.